Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly worried about NAFTA. Uh, I think, you know, look uh, through the original Canada Free Trade, uh, U.S. Free Trade Agreement to NAFTA, uh, to the Canadian-European Trade Agreement. I I think these have all been a net benefit to Canada. I think international trade uh, is good for everyone, more or less, right? There's going to be some some sectors that are um, impacted maybe more negatively than others. But on the whole, it's been a net benefit to Canada. That's why I think it's important for Canada to to make sure that this uh, new Trans-Pacific Partnership, if we can proceed without the United States, then so be it. And hopefully they'll come to their senses. But I think if we start to go back... Uh, I think there's a lot to be worried about. There seems to be a current of protectionism out there, certainly in the United States. And that's something that should definitely worry us. So we're going through this process right now of, of renegotiating NAFTA. And maybe it could be modernized or updated in some ways. But is this really about improving NAFTA? Or is this really about dismantling it? And you get the sense, certainly from the what we hear from the administration in the U.S., uh, that Maybe scrapping it is on the table. Maybe that's the direction they're leaning. I mean, Trump's a hard guy to predict. For all we know, he could wake up tomorrow and decide today's the day NAFTA's kaput. So if that happens tomorrow, next week, next year, what might it mean for Canada? Well, a new study out today from the C.D. Howe Institute, and having to quantify what this would all mean in terms of the impact uh, on the economy, the hit to the economy, the number of jobs that could be lost, uh, joining us on the line, the author of this report, uh, Dan Chirac, joins us. Uh, Dan, thanks for making some time for us here. Hey, good to be on the show. Um, I mean, is this meant as as a warning? Is this meant to <laughs> reflect a belief that, that maybe NAFTA is in trouble? What's your sense of where we're at? Well, it could be a cautionary tale on, on what not to do, um, kind of like a certain call yesterday <laughs> late in the game. Um, uh or it's, uh, but really, it's just about the, um, uh, the putting numbers around exactly what the NAFTA means to us right now as as a trade agreement, um, and it's not a prediction of what would happen. Um, it is uh, it's a quantification of of the, of the net benefits of to NAFTA, of NAFTA to the Canadian, Mexican, and U.S. economies, and then to show if you withdraw it, here's the way the world would look without it. Well, and, I mean, certainly there's been opposition in Canada to, to free trade agreements, and this one in particular. It's not just the U.S. where you find a protectionist sentiment. But it seems as though as, as opposition has built up in the U.S., opposition has, has lessened somewhat in Canada. I don't think there's as much opposition as there once was. Does it reflect a growing consensus that, that this has been good for Canada? Well, 
I, I'd say Canada is is well aware of of the fact that uh, a lot of its good fortune is tied to having a, an open economy and having uh, good trading partners next door to us. So um, there's no doubt. For you can imagine the benefits of of trade for um, an eco- a small economy like Iceland. You know, they'd be eating fish and seasonal vegetables without trade, and with trade, they've got the GDP and the lifestyle of an advanced economy. It's a bit harder to to kind of make that case for Canada because we do produce an awful lot of things ourselves, but there's an awful lot of stuff that we don't. So I think Canadians get it that you know having access to uh, to Caribbean vacations and uh, and you know uh, tropical fruits is is an important part of their lifestyle, and they know they have to export in order to pay for that. So we really get free trade or nearly free trade. The United States is a different story. It's a very large economy. They produce pretty much most of the things in the world, so they can look at the world and say, you know, we could we could create a fortress America and we'd still be better off. And in fact, the administration does have this sense that trade has not uh, turned out well for the uh, for the for America, and 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 they are giving out all kinds of signals that they want to you know repatriate their sovereignty uh, to get back industrial jobs that, that that have moved overseas and so forth, and basically to change their economy to somewhere back it was like in happy days America. Well, yeah, I, I mean, there's that sentiment. I, I think we should all worry. I think Americans should worry. Frankly, I don't know that the protectionism really tends to lead to us. Well, certainly not in this day and age to to prosperity, but maybe we'll have to learn that the hard way. So there, there are those, though, Dan, who say that, well, if, if NAFTA falls by the wayside, then maybe we just revert back to the original Canada-U.S. free trade agreement. Maybe it's not so bad. But w- what actually happens? Do we know? Well, it, uh if, if NAFTA does go, if the United States pulls out of NAFTA, that, that is, uh, there, there is the underlying Canada-U.S. free trade agreement. I think it's a little bit um, of, uh, you know, sort of optimistic to think that the factors that would cause the United States to pull away from NAFTA would not also apply to the Canada-U.S. FTA, though. If it was just a question of the, you know, U.S.-Mexico relationship, and then possibly uh, the Canada-U.S. FTA would stand. But then think about the demands they're making in the NAFTA renegotiation. They're asking for things uh, that were critical for Canada um, in, in uh, signing the, the agreement with the Reagan administration back in 1988. So uh, if they put poison pills on, on the table for Canada, then, then we might very well have to conclude that no deal is better than a bad deal. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if we're completely worried about NAFTA's, the potential end of NAFTA, I mean, that gives the U.S. some leverage over us. So how bad might it be? Because I, I get the sense that um, maybe what you found was that uh, it would be bad, but maybe not a disaster. Uh, our numbers suggest that uh, it would not be a total disaster. Uh, that being said, these numbers uh, depict the economy as it has uh, um, sort of reshaped itself after all the dust has settled. There could be an awful lot of dust to settle in the meantime. Uh, you know, uh, our models show that, you know, uh, some sectors would decline, others would rise. Uh, and there has to be a reshuffling of labor and capital across sectors, right? Uh, there'll be firms that, that, that die out, new firms spring up to fill, uh, you know, to fill in gaps which are now available behind tariff falls. That all takes time. So 
after all is said and done, what we show is that, that we have a, a smaller and less uh, productive economy, paying uh, lower real wages, and, uh, and having less of a, um, of, of a good life. Basically, uh, taking away NAFTA means that you would have to pay Canadian households a, a, a lump sum payment of about $15 billion U.S., to leave Canadian households as well off without NAFTA as they are with it. So that's a pretty hefty a little sort of a tax uh, cut, if, if you can think of it that way. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Now, what about job losses? Though? Can we quantify what those might be? So we've, t- we've taken a run at that. Uh, we don't show open unemployment. Uh, the models assume that, that, uh, that there's full employment. So, but if real wages fall, and that's the likely uh, direction of movement of real wages, then there would be some people who are marginally attached to the labor force that would say, you know, leisure sounds better for me than working at this uh, you know, job. So you would have a decline in labor force participation, and we estimate that effect at about 25,000 jobs. Uh, and this is based upon empirical research that says, you know, if you raise wages, how many people come out of the woodwork and join the labor force? And so if you lower them, right, how many people go back and quit? So 25,000 or so. But that effect could rise to as high as 50,000 if, if the in the process of downsizing the Canadian economy uh, to for a post-NAFTA world, if companies uh, chose to take more of the hit in terms of, of job cuts and, uh, and, and and maintain productivity, so again, we don't. This is not a forecast. It's it's an assessment of, of the potential scale of these things. So, fifty to, to uh, twenty-five to fifty thousand jobs are what we would put at stake uh, from losing NAFTA. Is that offset at all potentially by? Well, I guess in in the short term, trying to maintain NAFTA with Mexico as a partner, but. What more long-term trying to pursue other trade deals like, for example, this uh, TPP minus the United States? Now, so we don't show the uh, knock-on effects or, or, or policy responses, right? This is just trying to show here's the, the challenge that we would be, uh, that would be facing policymakers to try and make good if you lose NAFTA. So, yeah, you'd have the um, option of, for example, the, the, the TPP, and that would be a benefit. It would be a smaller benefit to Canada than the cost of losing NAFTA. Uh, the default position for Canada and Mexico, if the U.S. withdraws from NAFTA, is that we remain NAFTA parties. So that would mitigate the loss of, um, of the U.S. As, as a free trade partner, but that would be only a fairly small offset. Right. Um, so there are, and, and then of course you would have uh, policy measures uh, that, that the Canadian government would be taking, the provinces would be taking. Uh, you'd probably see the Bank of Canada uh, reacting by uh, maintaining interest rates lower than they otherwise would have been. Perhaps a bit of easier money, uh, perhaps a lower dollar to stimulate exports more to third parties, you know, to the Pacific Rim, to Europe, and so forth. Um, and you might have more fiscal stimulus uh, being put in place in the economy, a, a larger expenditure on infrastructure to uh, try and develop the uh, economic infrastructure for Canada to make it a more efficient place. So th- all those things would be coming on top of it. So we would not necessarily experience the half a point decline in GDP that our models say uh, would happen if you lost NAFTA. But there would be this would be what it would take to make good that loss. All right. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that, but some uh, important context to to these discussions. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. 
A great pleasure. All right. Uh, that's Dan Churuk. He's uh, director of uh, Churuk Consulting Incorporated, author of this piece uh, for the C.D. Howe Institute, cdhow.org. All right. When we come back from the 2.30 News, so we're going to speak with uh, a woman who does uh, some important charity work in Calgary and her run-in with the Calgary Parking Authority. That you can see how where this is going. We'll tell you more about that coming up in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.